there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. Sunday, our beloved went back out on the road with a disappointing home loss from Monday night and 10 straight road losses haunting them as they prepared to take on the Baltimore Ravens. Could the Bears break the losing streak or did they just add to it? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the week six review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Well, it got the right result, the one that we were looking for, but we certainly didn't get there the way we would have liked to. What's going on, everybody? Larity back for the week six review episode of the Chicago Bears review, and um, it's Victory Monday. Um, You know, I I told you guys I I had a feeling about the Bears being able to win this game. Um, any of you that follow me on Twitter at shy bears review for anyone who doesn't at C H I bears review. I, um, posted just after the football game that, uh, the bears have two victories this year. Both of them were earned in overtime and neither of those games should have gotten there. Neither of them should have been overtime games. You know, the Steelers, Uh, ironically against the AFC North and even more ironically against the two teams I didn't think we had much of a chance against when the schedule came out like looking at those first eight games you know the Steelers at home the Ravens on the road I mean the Ravens are really tough at home and that you know they don't lose there much and then when we're talking to to Matt Stevens uh you know last week and and uh saying that the Ravens are nine and oh against rookie quarterbacks in uh you know in their in their home stadium it was all kind of stacking against the Bears, you know what I mean? Especially after, you know, the blown opportunity that was the Monday night game and the chances that they had to win there but kept shooting themselves in the foot to prevent it from happening. Um, it just didn't scream that the Bears would be ready to take on, uh, you know, a tough team like Baltimore on the road who were just coming off a big road victory themselves over the Raiders. And um, nonetheless, man, uh, it, it – it should have never gotten to overtime. It just never should have, you know, and we'll talk about it as we go through the knee jerk reactions and kind of talk about what was going on uh, in each quarter. Um, you know, listening to the knee jerk reactions, you don't really except maybe after the second quarter knee jerk reaction. You don't really get the sense that the Bears are winning the game. You know, it was that frustrating of a football game to watch, especially on the offensive side. Uh, you hear me question it, I think, maybe even after the third quarter knee-jerk reaction about the way that the offense is being run, you, you often wonder why the hell Trubisky's in there. You know, I, I mean, I know the common sense is because, you know, Glennon, number one, Glennon was awful. Number two, uh, you know, Glennon was, uh, was a, a turnover machine, especially in his last three games. And if nothing else, Mitchell Trubisky is extremely smart and careful with the football and not to a fault. I mean that in the best possible way. He is very careful uh, with the ball. Aside from the interception to Harrison Smith uh, at the end of the game, not being the best decision he's ever made. Um, you know, it was, he, he's been very smart, very protective, uh, you know, very careful uh, with the ball. And he was again on Sunday, no interceptions, no turn. Well, can't say, you know, but turnovers weren't his fault. Let's put it that way. Um, but you know, it just, uh, you know, aside from that, he attempted into overtime 16 passes for the whole game. 16. If the game had ended in regulation, Trubisky would have had less than 90 yards passing um, in the football game. I just, you know, uh, we, we uh, running the football, we eventually wore them down. And thanks to that huge run from Howard in overtime, the Bears 
you know, went over 200 yards rushing same way they did in the victory over uh, Pittsburgh. But, um, you know, it just it. All right. We'll just get into it. Uh, the knee jerk reactions and uh, kind of go with it uh, as it unfolds in front of us. Knee jerk reaction to the Bears and the Ravens after the first quarter and a very. It's it's a bittersweet first quarter. The 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 sweet being the defense. Once again, they have come to play. They had dominated the first quarter early, um, drawing penalties from the Ravens. You know, the only only three penalties, but none for the Bears so far, which is uh, that's probably a first for this season. But. Um, you know, we've already sacked Flacco. Well, you know, they've, they've tried to take some shots down the field, but they were covered well and, and what have you. Offense, a completely different story because Dole Loggins, I swear to God, he, he has no imagination or no balls, one of the two, because what we, get, what we were talking about on the preview show, you know, especially when I had my moment at the end to talk about maybe, you know, my thoughts on what the strategy should be is we should come out doing something to try to throw the ball, you know, whether it be play action, whatever the case may be, because the Ravens are not afraid of what the Bears have to offer in the passing game. Therefore, they're going to be loaded for Bear on the running game. And that's what's happened. We've had three drives so far in the first quarter. All three we ran on first and second down, and all three were stuffed because the Ravens were more than prepared to defend the run on first and second down. So the only other thing that, that, that I'm looking forward to, hopefully to get a chance to go back to it, is that Tanner Gentry has, has started today. They've tried to take a couple of shots. Trubisky wants to hit Jenner, or Tanner Gentry, I should say, Dan, Tanner Gentry down the field on a big play. So hopefully they're able to, to hook up because both times he went downfield, he overthrew Gentry, but he was open. So maybe they can make that happen. But we, we got to do something on offense, maybe mix in some play action or something because this, this straight up running on first down, that's what the Ravens are looking for, and they're all over it when the Bears do it. So the good news is no score. The Bears have the football to start the second quarter. <laughs> You know, I read on Twitter, Adam Johns, uh, he's a beat reporter for the Bears on for the Sun-Times, um, you know, put out there that it's, uh, you know, the play calling has been terrible. This was during the game, actually. Play calling was bad, but all the running, it, you know, it's going to fall on Loggins, but all this running is from Fox. I hope for Dole Loggins' sake that that's true, um, because if it's not, that's, I mean, it, you got to do what your boss tells you, you know, basically, and, and uh but the, the the fact that it, this this obsession with running the football and, and it just seemed like Mitch was only throwing the ball on obvious passing situations. So third and forever after we got stuffed on first and second down, that's when we try maybe a screenplay or something modest or whatever. I mean it it, it kind of baffles the mind for to have him out there and to just do. I mean. It, it, we got him out there, but it's like we don't trust him. You know, I don't know if it's if it's just we're trying we're being overly conservative. You know, but there's been like no attempt whatsoever in Mitch's first two starts to try to get a rhythm with him throwing the ball. That has not happened yet. Okay, now granted, we played against Minnesota and Baltimore, two of the stingier defenses. We got another one coming up with Carolina next week. It's not going to get any easier. I mean, I mean, if we're waiting to play the Saints, who just gave up 38 points in a winning effort on Sunday against the Lions, they had to score 52 to win. They still gave up 38 uh, in that football game. If that's what we're waiting for before we unleash uh, Trubisky, uh, you know, I, like I said, it, it's, it's, it's boring to watch, for one. You know, and I know that we have Jordan Howard, and he's what I like to call a percentages runner. You know, the the more you give him the ball, the higher the percentage that he's going to make something happen for you. I mean, we finally hit on that in a huge way in in overtime, and we'll talk to that when we get to it. But you know, if you know, looking at the at the plays, you know, the very first possession for the Bears, Jordan Howard to the left one yard, Jordan Howard to the left minus three yards. Um, Jordan Howard to the left, one yard. <laughs> you see what I'm talking about here? Um, let's see, you know, Cohen got a couple yards on the next one. Jordan Howard to the left, no gain. Um, 
you know, the, they were ready. They're ready for the, you know, and it, and over and over again, Jordan Howard to left, oh, six yards this time, five yards the second time. You know, that, that it, <laughs> it's frustrating. It is extremely, extremely frustrating because we sat there and, and suffered for those first four weeks with Glennon out there. And we're basically getting the same play calling regardless of the fact that we have a better athlete who can do more things at the position, you know, and for some reason the offense is still handcuffed the way that it is. Um, now granted there were plenty of times that we saw replays, uh, on passing downs where the wide receivers were locked in coverage. These guys just weren't getting open. Um, but you know, that can't be on every single passing play, uh, and we, you know, we got to do something that's going to shake it up, you know, play action, something, okay, something. But in the first quarter, that's where I was at, you know, it, it just seemed, you know, extremely, extremely, you know, it was just frustrating. And that's the word you're going to hear a million times in this show or until at the very least, until we start, you know, mixing it up a little bit, uh, on offense, just, uh, you know, basically just lowering our head and running forward, lowering our head and hoping for the best. I mean, that's what we're doing on offense. We're not being aggressive. We're not attacking the defense or anything like that. We're just hoping that we're going to be better than them on this play. That's the way that we ran the football on Sunday was we eventually started to wear the Ravens down, you know, and then they made a foolish play in, in overtime. We'll talk about that in a minute. And, and, and you know, it, it worked out to, you know, huge dividends, uh, for the Bears, but it this whole you know three yards in a cloud of dust it, and and just hoping for the best and only passing on obvious passing downs uh, and everything it it the the conservatism uh, conservatism in the offense is number one it's boring to watch number two we're wasting the effort that we're getting from our defense because they have been outstanding the last two weeks yesterday especially. They were murderers yesterday. I mean, not only did they get after Flacco and sack him, not only was their running game virtually non-existent, their passing game, we, we produced three turnovers in this game. When was the last time the Bears did that? You know, it's been a really, really long time since the Bears had a three-turnover football game. Two interceptions and a fumble recovery, and those two interceptions, uh, the one from Amos in the fourth quarter, the, the one from... Uh, you know, Callahan, big returns. I mean, we flipped the field on those interceptions because both of those interceptions happened deep in our own territory. We'd have been backed up against the wall if we'd have just died there. But instead, Cohen and Amos both flipped the field, you know, bringing it deep into Baltimore territory. And Amos even scored. I mean, it was just amazing what the defense was doing. And it was an effort that ended up being wasted when we ended up having to go to overtime. But I'm getting ahead of myself. The second quarter came, and there were a bit more fireworks than there were in the first, and the Bears, for once, showed a little bit of imagination on offense. Knee-jerk reaction, the Bears and the Ravens, and a much more exciting, entertaining second quarter for the Bears, especially uh, scoring 10 points in the quarter, the drive that we were starting the second quarter with, thanks to a a really foolish uh, penalty from the Ravens. Tony Jefferson uh, tackling Jordan Howard, or you know, hitting Jordan Howard at the end of the run, tears his face, uh, rips his helmet off like by, by gold, like raking his face mask and pulling it off. The referees see it, they call it, and uh, the extra 15 yards puts the Bears well into Raven territory, and uh, we turn that into a field goal. Got the ball inside the 10, but couldn't get it into the end zone. A short field goal from Barth puts the Bears up 3 nothing, and then back-to-back turnovers from the Ravens. We force a fumble, uh, you know, uh, deep in, in our own territory. Nothing comes of that, but on the following drive, um, an amazing play from... Um, Bryce Callahan, one of those right place, right time, slash heads up plays uh, from Callahan. It was a, a pass that was intended for Rashard Perriman, the wide receiver for the Ravens. Um, he was hit by Eddie Jackson. The ball comes flying out. Bryce Callahan right there picks it up and then goes 
gets up untouched, runs 52 yards to get deep into Raven territory. And then finally, Dole Loggins showing some imagination, um, runs the football on a wide sweep, but Tariq Cohen instead pulls up, throws it downfield to a wide open Zach Miller in the end zone. Boom for the touchdown. And it's 10 nothing Bears. Uh, the defense has been playing well. The one thing that does concern me is that it does look like the strings are loosening on the Ravens as far as their passing game is concerned. I mean, I know maybe the Bears are playing a little bit more prevent towards the, the, end, of the uh, end of the first half there, um, but that's what was kind of worrying me. The Ravens were finding the middle of the field and, and uh, you know, moving the ball down the field a bit, uh, passing the game. So hopefully, you know, that was more of a prevent thing that was allowing it, just keep it in front of you kind of thing. Um, and a terrible call, uh, uh, an unsportsmanlike conduct call on Christian Jones. Um, in the referee's defense, it was an awkward-looking tackle. But the beginning of the tackle, the, the, the start of the tackle happened on the field of play and then continued into the sideline. It was uh, really close to the sidelines. You know, it was a bad call, but all it resulted in was a field goal uh, for the Ravens. So we sit at 10-3 to right now. Um, would still like to see a little bit more passing or a little more aggressiveness, actually, from the Bears' offense in the second half. Like, every single drive that we had in the first half, we ran the ball on first down. I would love to see us come out first play of the second half, play action, and try to hit Tanner Gentry up top, which Trubisky tried to do a couple of times in the first half. So maybe see that, maybe catch the Ravens with their pants down a bit, and see if the Bears can build on this 10-3 lead. That drive that resulted in the field goal for the Ravens, it was actually unnecessary roughness, not unsportsmanlike conduct, because it was only a, it was half the distance to the goal and um, got the Ravens from like the 18 to the 9 and the Bears shut them down from there. Um, you know, it, I, I was really not a fan of the call. Neither was uh, Rondi Barber, who was their, our uh, color announcer uh, for the game. That, you know, it, 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 it was one of those things where, you know, it was Christian Jones was going to tackle, I think it was Rainey. Um, and he kind of wrapped him up, and it, it was weird. I mean, imagine that you're trying to body slam somebody as far as, like, how he was – how he had his hands on Rainey. And um, I don't know. It was one of those things, like basically like a body slam, but, uh, you know, Rainey was facing out as opposed to, you know, them being chest to chest or whatever. And and he went to, to try to pull him down, and it he pulled him down out of bounds, but the tackle started while they were in the field of play. And it was a bad call. You know, like I said, in the referee's defense, I could see how live – that they could, you know, misconstrue that. But in the end, it was a play that started on the field of play and then ended up on the, you know, finished on the sidelines kind of thing. And, you know, Rondi Barber thought that they would pull up the flag and and basically take it back, but they didn't. Um, so anyway, that gives the Ravens a field goal and a 10 to three deficit at halftime instead of being, uh, you know, shut out 10 to nothing. So, Love the play that we had um, for the touchdown. You know, Tariq Cohen, you know, sweeping out to the right. You know, if it had been a run play, the Ravens would have had us dead to rights because they were looking for it. Um, at They they said at halftime, uh, Strahan, Howie Long basically saying the Ravens are playing short yardage defense against the Bears. They got eight, nine guys in the box pretty much on every play because they know the Bears aren't going to try to throw the ball. They aren't going to try to, you know, mix it up and go deep or anything like that. The Ravens were, you know, were being just as ignorant with their defense as the Bears were being with their offense. They were just matching what their opponents uh, were doing. And then on that very, on that one play, which ironically was on second down, and I just looked, first down was a was a one-yard loss from Jordan Howard. We ran the ball on first down. They, you know, they flooded the, the line of scrimmage, and Jordan Howard lost a yard on the play and the very next play they did the play uh you know handed out to to uh Cohen who found a wide open Zach Miller in the uh in the end zone you know we that was perfect what we did caught him with their pants down absolutely but the imagination for the offense ended there we didn't see it again uh for the rest of the football game you know I mean I I I don't I mean I I wish that I could tweet more it's just that I get so distracted uh, between plays and stuff like that. But one of the things that I tweeted 
late third quarter, early first quarter was in all caps, which, you know, obviously means you're hollering, yelling on, you know, or whatever, all caps, 50 million exclamation points, stop running the ball on first down, stop running the ball on first down. I think the whole game, you know, first play of every series, maybe I, th- I literally think it was maybe once the whole game, the first play of a series wasn't some kind of running play. You know, and all the drives that we had in that game, I think only once in all those drives did we not run the ball on first down. And, you know, we're, we're, and the other thing that's frustrating is that we're not seeing the things that the Bears were letting Trubisky do in the preseason. You know, we're, we're not seeing the, 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 the play action rollouts and, and things like that. We're either straight up running the ball or we're straight up passing the ball. And when we're doing that, we're doing it in obvious passing situations. You know, we got negative three yards on first and second down. So here on third and 13, we have to throw the ball now, you know, or we got one yard on first down, half a yard on second down. So third and a long eight, we're run worth. We have to throw the ball if we want to get a first down. It was, it's mind numbing to sit there and watch that, you know, <laughs> So, I, you know, it's driving me crazy and I'm basically going to drive you guys crazy complaining about it because it's 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 so difficult to watch. And even more so, because, like I said, a few minutes ago, we are wasting the effort we're getting from our defense. You know, they were good against the Vikings. They were great yesterday. So not only were they suffocating, they didn't allow a touchdown the entire football game. They produced three turnovers for us. They handed us this game on a silver platter. And for the second week in a row, they put points on the board for us. You know, second week in a row, the defense contributed to our point total, literally, you know, you know, put points on the board for the offense. Okay. And it was an effort that was almost wasted. So, you know, we move on to the second half. I have a call to action, you know, let's try to mix it up a little bit more. You know, let's do some play action. Stop running the ball on first down for Christ's sake. The Ravens, they're looking for it. And not only are they looking for it, they're being overly aggressive about it, which is why we were able to kill them on that one touchdown play. We, we could have been doing so much more uh, on offense, but on first down, it was just, you know, hey, Jordan, we're running this one. And when we know they got eight guys in the box over there, but uh, just lower your head and hope for the best is basically what we were doing on offense. And that continued into the third quarter. And even though we added another touchdown, uh, to the to the point total, um, the frustration with our offense was still there. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, the Bears and the Ravens after three quarters. And um, this was an interesting quarter for sure. The Bears had one really good-looking drive uh, about midway through the third quarter, started deep in their own territory, running the football obsessively, Ob Excessively. In that drive, they were actually successful with it. Then on third and seven from about 27 yards out, Mitch Trubisky rolling to his right, finds Deion Sims wide open, a botched coverage from the Ravens. Wide open, Deion Sims comes down with the ball for a change, makes a tough catch, and Tony Jefferson, the safety for the Ravens, catches up with him just as the ball was getting there, but he comes down with it. The Bears are up 17-3. to The ensuing kickoff. Bobby Rainey, the returner for the Ravens, uh, gets it uh, from about the four or five yard line, runs, and then basically he he does a, a like a front flip, but it turns out he got run into by his own uh, teammate and gets up, runs the rest of the way while everyone else starts walking off the field, and then they go back and look at it and they give it to him. A 96-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. There wasn't enough evidence to show whether or not, uh, because just before he ran into his teammate, Josh Bellamy appeared to touch his leg, which would have counted as down by contact, but there wasn't enough evidence of, uh, you know, video evidence to see him actually physically touching him. So the play stands as called, which was a touchdown. So it's 17 to 10. And then here we are just before the end of the quarter. The Bears get the ball back from the Ravens. Uh, they're running the, like I said, it's driving me nuts. They like, like literally, why is Trubisky in there? If all we're going to do is run the football, run the football, run the football before the start of the, um, before their, their first touchdown drive. 
uh, where Trubisky threw the touchdown to Deion Sims. Trubisky is two for eight for like 25 yards. Tariq Cohen was one for one for 21 yards and a, and a touchdown. I mean, it's why the hell is Trubisky in there if all we're going to do is just run, 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 run. And that's all the Ravens are, are you know, are uh, amped up for. So... Anyway, Tariq Cohen fumbles the ball just before halftime. The Ravens have the football right now in Chicago territory, hoping to tie this game up. The Bears are up 17-10, to and hopefully we can close this out and get our first road win since December of 2015. So there you have it. You know, that, I mean, that's, that's what I, you know, I was, <laughs> I was at the end of my rope with it. You know, the Bears, now that I'm looking at the play-by-play, uh, of the game yesterday in the second half the bears were far more successful running it we were getting positive yardage but you know it was it was still the you know let's run the ball and hope for the best philosophy because you go back and you look at those plays and the ravens are coming for us i, mean, I don't know maybe we just did a better job of blocking it in the second half i mean some some adjustments on you know when they do this we do this or you know something like that we were actually getting positive yardage in those drives in the third quarter, it's just that, you know, like I said, why the hell is Trubisky out there if this is all we're going to do? If this is what we're going to do with the offense, Glennon can do this. We're wasting this kid, you know? We're wasting him and his abilities and what he can do. And, you know, we basically saw that in the few opportunities the Bears gave Trubisky the opportunity to throw the ball. That play to Deion Sims was a great throw. You know, he was under duress, rolling to his right, and he made the throw. It was there. And God bless Deion Sims, who sometimes doesn't appear like he could catch a cold, uh, comes down with the play. You know, he was wide open. He was there. He comes up. He, you know, he goes up, and he comes down with it. Tony Jefferson was there to make the play um, because, I, you know, it turns out that Sims was his guy. If you go back and you look at it, the Bears had a bunch formation with three receivers on that side. Deion Sims basically just runs straight ahead and Tony Jefferson goes to the outside receiver with the corner for some reason, you know, and instead leaving Deion Sims wide open and in, you know, trying to catch up to, to Sims, he just didn't get there in time, uh, you know, to, 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 you know, to make the play uh, as far as being able to affect the play. And, um, you know, Sims comes down with it for the touchdown. The Bears have a 14 point lead now. Um, and, and the whole controversy with the kickoff, um, you know, the, the, the big problem that I had was that, and I think I even talk about it during the, in the overtime knee jerk reaction was that it was one of those plays that should have never happened. It reminded me of the, that week 17 game in 2013 between the bears and the Packers. There were, you know, th- that one play where peppers damn near murders Rogers sacks him the ball comes flying out. Everyone on the field reacts as though it was an incomplete pass. When everybody goes back and looks at it, it turns out that it was a fumble. Nobody, no referee blows the whistle, no nothing. Everyone's just kind of standing around. Randall Cobb picks it up and just jogs into the end zone for a touchdown, and it ends up counting for a touchdown because everyone just stood around doing nothing. Well, as soon as Bobby Rainey does the front flip and lands on his butt, you know, you see everyone else just kind of relax, you know, you can always just kind of tell everybody's shoulders slump a little bit. They, you know, turn around, start walking to their respective sidelines. Meanwhile, Bobby Rainey stands up, runs the rest of the 80 yards uh, for the touchdown. The only one that got close to try to get him was, was Benny Cunningham. But even if Cunningham had caught him, it would have been first and 10 at the 10 yard line or something like that. But, uh, you know, the damage had been done. It, it just like, why didn't anybody touch him? Nobody touched him. You know, the only person that came close to touching him was Dion Bush after Rainey had already stood back up. So, um, you know, nobody touched him, just like everyone just kind of stood around looking at the football on the ground uh, in that game against Green Bay. If anybody touches him, the play is dead, and the, the Ravens are buried inside their own 20-yard line. And But instead, it's a 96-yard touchdown pass, and with <laughs> with no help from their own offense, the Ravens are only a score back. Uh, in this football game, it was far more interesting than it needed to be. Um, then the the fumble from uh, from Tariq Cohen, um, and that was uh, that's going to happen, you know. Especially when we're running the ball 900 times a game, it's uh, you know it's going to happen every now and then. They they might fumble the ball. It was a good play from Weddle. He just kind of raked the ball out of 
out of Cohen's hands. I think it was Weddle that knocked it out of his hands. But, um, you know, nonetheless, we move into the fourth quarter and, you know, we, 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 we get some fireworks from the defense, uh, a play that basically, like I, I was texting with my dad and after, after Adrian Amos's touchdown return on the interception, um, you know, I was like, now we can breathe. And it turns out I was getting ahead of myself. Knee-jerk reaction to the fourth quarter of the Bears and the Ravens. And if I hadn't watched it myself, I wouldn't believe it. You know, I, I absolutely wouldn't believe it. Uh, the Bears, 17-13 going into the fourth quarter. A pick six from Adrian Amos, an outstanding play. Another one of those right place, right time plays that the Bears have gotten on off on defense twice today. First with Bryce Callahan and second with Adrian Amos. And like uh, Bryce Callahan, Amos gets a hell of a return out of it. Goes 90 yards for a touchdown with six minutes, 20 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. We're up 24 to 13. The Ravens come back. They get a field goal, so it's a one-score game. The Bears get the football back, and they they get it down to third and one, and they do the one thing everybody in the stadium knows they're going to do. They hand it off to Jordan Howard. He gets stuffed for a loss. We punt to the Ravens, who therefore run it back for a touchdown, get the two-pointer to tie the game. We're going to overtime. We're sitting here 24-24, going to overtime when we should have coasted to a victory after the pick six that put us up two scores with six minutes to go. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away. Two returns out of special teams. You know, one, I guess you, you could blame it on luck, but you can also blame it on being sloppy. Everybody sees the guy goes down, nobody touches him. Kind of like the Packers game way back when, when, when Rodgers got hit, the ball comes flying out, nobody jumps on the football, one of the Packers picks it up, runs it in for a touchdown. Okay, just sloppy football, and then just, you know, playing not to, playing to, lo- playing not to lose when the Bears should have been playing to win. Being aggressive on third and one and, you know, trying to do something different, maybe a, a rollout or a play action or something instead of just trying to run it straight up the gut with Howard like they always do, you know. And I know, you know, if you can't get a yard, then, you know, you don't deserve it. But still, everybody knew that's, everybody knew that's what they were going to do. The Ravens had 14 guys in the box, and look at that. They shot through the gaps, made the tackle for the loss, and here we are, 24-24. The good news is the Bears won the toss. They will receive, and let's see how this goes. So frustrating. So frustrating to have the game in hand like that, to, to, to have the – to have victory, you know, in our grasp, to, to have it right there, to what we should have done was was coast to to the win, and instead we ended up stumbling, you know, into into overtime. We just it was we won the game, you know. Does it sound you know, listening to my voice? Does it sound like we won the damn game? That's what that's what's what's crazy. Uh, I saw a tweet. Uh, I think it may have been Adam Johns again or another Chicago beat writer that he got a text message from a season ticket holder. He's like, I don't know how to win. How do I feel after this win? It's like we got the W, but dot, 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 you know, and that's how it feels, you know, very much the same after the 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 uh, the Steeler game, you know, going along the lines with what I said uh, about the Bears. We've won two games this year. Both games went to overtime. Neither one of them should have gotten there. Neither one of them had any business going to overtime. You know, the the mistake with Marcus Cooper, um, you know, uh, the Connor Barth missing the field goal, that kind of thing. Those points, we don't send this thing to overtime. The the punt return for the touchdown, that's all that's all the Ravens. They earned that one. You got to give it to them. You know, the special teams just not doing their job. Uh, on that one, they beat us straight up. You you got to give the Ravens the credit, all the credit in the world on that one. But you know the kickoff return, that's the one that was preventable. You know that's the one that was sloppy. That's the one that um, you know that's what's been happening to the Bears uh, in the last several years. When when Lovey was the head coach, there'd have been six guys that had jumped on top of him to make sure that he was down. If Lovey was the head coach, that ball on the ground, the entire football, the entire defense would have been piled on top of that ball, you know, just in case, 
just in case. If any ball is on the ground, somebody in a bear uniform would have picked it up no matter what. And instead, everyone's just standing around, you know, that, and that's, that speaks to coaching. That absolutely speaks to coaching and a lack of discipline uh, in, in telling, you know, you know who, who heard a whistle. Did anybody hear a whistle? Nobody heard a whistle. Bobby Ray didn't hear one, so that's why he ran, got up and ran 96 yards for a touchdown. He didn't hear a whistle, he, so he kept going until somebody told him to stop. And you know what? Nobody told him to stop until he crossed the goal line. So then, you know, there's the points that we gave away on that one. It shouldn't have never been uh, in that position. And then going to the, to the play that just before uh, third and one, you know, I was just looking at the plays on that drive. First down, you know, stop me if you've heard this before. We ran the ball, and we got one yard. Second down, we ran the ball again. Surprise, surprise. Eight yards. So it's third and one, you know, doing the math. And once again, we ran the ball. This time, we lost yardage and ended up having to punt. Um, the the situation that that reminded me of was was another Packer game. It's been a while back, so maybe some of you guys remember this. For those of you who've been with me since the beginning, this was a big play. Um, the Bears were playing Sunday Night Football at Green Bay. Um, it was fourth and one. The Bears were losing. Uh, we I think we were down three, and um, Brian Greasy was our quarterback. That's how long ago this was. Um, fourth and one everybody's on the line of scrimmage they're expecting a you know a run uh from the bears instead what happens turns out play action wide open desmond clark down the middle of the field untouched for the touchdown ball game bears win you know that would have sealed the deal i mean and all we're doing we're we just needed a first down we don't need a 45 yard desmond clark touchdown we're already winning the game we're just trying to take this game and win it, you know, to be aggressive and go get it. I mean, even if it's just, you know, to running a simple arrow route towards the sideline for two yards, we need one. So a two yard pattern is actually going to work here. But instead we just hand the ball to Howard, hope for the best. And our hopes again, were dashed. The Ravens stuff us and we have to kick it back. And the next thing you know, we're knotted up at 24 going to overtime in a game that should have never gone to overtime. The Ravens did nothing to earn an overtime. Uh, they did nothing to earn a shot at overtime with the Bears. Nothing. Okay. Our defense only allowed nine points, three lousy field goals, and somehow they have to go out there and make sure we don't lose this game in overtime. You know? And that's that's what was the the, the most frustrating is that the offense was just being you know, mind-numbingly predictable. Everyone on the planet knew the Bears were going to try to run the ball on third and one. And, you know, like this, like I said, you know, like the guys from Fox said at halftime, the Ravens are just playing short yardage defense. That's all they're doing. You know, sometimes the Bears are getting successful with it. Most of the time they weren't. And in the end, the Ravens won the battle on third and one, and the Bears, they got beat, and we ended up having to punt the ball, and boom. We're going to overtime because of it. And that's what was so frustrating about it. You know, we could have done a simple rollout. Hell, Trubisky probably could have run the ball for a yard and, you know, get the first down and, and, and everything like that. He, he could have done that. But instead, we just decided to hand the ball off and have Howard lower his head and try to get three feet. Um, and it didn't work out, you know, like it hadn't several times uh, you know, running the football against the, you know, the entire defense, you know, every player in a Raven uniform was out there on the field. It felt like because they, they, they just swallowed uh, Howard up. So anyway, we go to overtime and I'm not, I'm expecting us to blow it now because we've already given the game away. It should not have gotten to this uh, position. The bears did win the, win the toss, but you know, let me see if I can pull up the plays here again. Um, Four plays for 12 yards. Um, Jordan Howard to the left for 10 yards. So we got a first down on first down. Jordan Howard to the left for one yard. Great. Uh, Trubisky sacked. Trubisky short play to Jordan Howard on second and 26. A nine-yard throw to Jordan Howard. And Trubisky scrambles, pushed out of bounds after nine yards. So fourth and eight, you know. 
but because of the we got a holding penalty against Massey and then the sack of the Bears are second and 26 and we're having to punt the ball back to the Ravens who have all the momentum in the world now they survived the game they've got a chance to do this and then our defense came through for us one last time they got the ball back to the Bears and then Jordan Howard made it happen they jerk reaction to the Bears and the Ravens in overtime and we pulled it off. We did it. We won our first road game since December of 2015. A 10-game road losing streak has finally been put to bed uh, for the Bears this year. It's uh, it's about time. It is about time. Um, I will talk more in depth about this if I haven't already as far as, you know, how I talk between the knee-jerk reactions and everything about how Dole Loggins needs to be drawn and quartered. He's the worst offensive coordinator. Um, that I've that I've seen, and that's saying a lot, considering I've been a Bear fan my whole life. But uh, his play calling today was atrocious. Special teams, good God, cost nearly cost us this football game. The defense was outstanding. No offensive touchdowns for the Ravens today, and yet somehow we were in overtime in a 24 to 24 ball game. Um, a big run from Jordan Howard got the Bears deep in the Ravens territory. Uh, played not to lose for a handful of downs. Connor Barth puts it through from 40 yards out. Bears win 27-24. We go back home next week where we played our best football so far this year. Uh, we go home next week to take on the Panthers and uh, see if we can uh, you know, claim another win before this thing is done. So there you have it. You know, Big run from Jordan Howard, 53 yards, something like that. A massive, massive run. Got the Bears deep into... Uh, Raven territory to flip the field on one play. You know, I think that play was was inside our own 20-yard line, and it was another bad... It was, an, it was a mistake from the Ravens that really opened it up for us. Eric Weddle, who had claimed an, er, an earlier, you know, uh, f- uh, forced fumble uh, on Tariq Cohen at the end of the third quarter, um, gets his hand... And, I, you know, honestly, in, in Eric Weddle's defense, I think he was expecting help. You know, but it, it, it's it's the second guy that's supposed to attack the ball, not the first one. You know, that's where Eric Weddle made his mistake. When you, when you're on defense like that and you're trying to be aggressive and make something happen, you wrap him up and the second guy comes in and tries to take the ball. You used to see the Bears do it with precision during the Lovey days. You know, when we had Peanut and you know Erlacher and Briggs and you know and all those guys that were just assassins with the football. Um, the first guy would wrap him up and the second one would come and, and come for the football. Um, Eric Weddle decided that he was going to do it all by himself or he was expecting help while he was wrestling Jordan Howard for the football. Instead, Howard comes away with it and then takes off for an extra 40-something yards before he's pushed out of bounds deep in Raven territory, flipping the field. And the Bears were, I think, like a first down away from field goal range after Jordan Howard gets forced out of bounds. Um, it didn't look good on that drive initially because, again, like I said, playing not to lose, uh, running the football predictably, and getting nowhere with it. Um, on third and 11 of all the plays in the world, Trubisky drops back to throw and just showing why he's the man for the job going forward, steps up in the pocket and delivers a strike into the middle of the field puts it only where Kendall Wright can go up and get it and gets the first down. And then a couple of plays later, we go ahead and we kick the field goal that wins it with Connor Barth from about 40 yards out uh, to take the game. But that throw right there and the 27-yard touchdown pass were two of the eight passes that Trubisky completed on the afternoon. Uh, Eight for 16. I think he just barely broke 100 yards. No interceptions. Had the one touchdown pass. Um, did have a fumble, but it was one of those hit-from-behind sack fumble deals. Um, so that really isn't on him. It's just, you know, you can't protect who you don't see coming. You know, that was, and it was a safety blitz, too, or, or a corner blitz, one of the two. But, um, you know, anyway, he did what he could with what he was allowed to do. And it's just like we're, we're treating him like we should have treated Glennon, basically. Or maybe we were treating Glennon that way, but... Um, you know, I don't know if, if this is kit gloves or we just trying to do more with the running game than, you know, like we have zero faith in our own passing game because that's what it looks like. I mean, that, that's what's so frustrating about it is like last year we had 
you know, the same level of talent in the passing game, but we were still trying to be aggressive throwing the ball last year. Instead, this time, this year, you know, we are we have a better quarterback and you know, we have a guy that can make plays, that can do stuff with his feet if needed. He had a nice uh, run in, I believe, in the second quarter or something like that. He had a nice scramble for a first down. He is, you know, his football IQ is high. You can just tell. And it's just like for, for whatever reason, either we don't trust him or we don't trust his tools, uh, the tools that he has out there on the field and being that his receivers I'm talking about. But, you know, whatever the, the word that, you know, the word of the day is frustrating. And that's exactly what it is to what because you just don't know what the hell the Bears are trying to do. Aside from obsessively and ignorantly just running the football, you don't know what else we're trying. What's the point of having Trubisky out there if that's what we're going to do? You know, if we're just going to be mind numbingly predictable and try to run the ball and hope for the best. I mean, that's not a strategy for success. It just isn't, you know, for a guy that's supposedly coaching for his job. You know, he's only he's three years into a four year deal talking about John Fox for a guy who's who's, you know, an everybody's opinion on the hot seat. He sure as hell isn't acting like it. He just isn't, you know, and I don't know if because, you know, it's not we're not too deep into the season yet or whatever the case is, you know, this this he's not acting like somebody who's coaching for his job right now. And um, that's probably going to be the end of him, you know, if he keeps up with it. So anyway. Despite all the negativity in this episode, we won the damn game, guys. This is a victory episode, believe it or not. And uh, we're going to end this thing on a positive note because we have awards to give out. That's right. It's time. Bear up. Bear down. Bear up and bear down for the week six review episode of the Chicago Bears review. And, um, you know, as you might imagine, pretty much every one of these bear up awards is going to somebody on the defensive side of the field Um, because very little happened on the offensive side that's worth talking about. Um, You know, honorable mentions for offensive players for bear ups. Deion Sims, hell of a catch in the end zone. Two catches for 42 yards. He was our leading receiver in the game, yardage-wise, that is. Um, Great catch from Kendall Wright at the end of the game that set up the game-winning field goal in overtime. Um, You know, I guess you can give a shout-out to the offensive line. 231 yards rushing uh, by the end of the football game. So honorable mention to them. But um, overall, you know, just overall with the – Never mind. Bear up to Akeem Hicks. Just the the man is a beast. You know, he's an elite defensive player in the league right now. He is a load and a half. You know, double teams, cuts right through him. I mean, he's just, he's a monster. And, you know, it's like guys like that is the reason that Pace will be back and Fox won't because, you know, guys like Akeem Hicks have worked out for us and we got him signed to an extension, so he's going to be ours uh, for a while, you know, big up to, to Keem Hicks did a fantastic job. Um, yesterday was, uh, was suffocating at times, you know, was in there for a sack. I mean, he was, he was a beast yesterday. It was a beautiful thing to watch, uh, bear up too. And I didn't think I would say this anytime soon, Kyle Fuller. Um, the guy was everywhere yesterday. I mean, he was, you know, in coverage, he was around both interceptions. They were trying to beat Kyle Fuller on both of those plays. And in the end, he bested them both. You know, the ball comes out. It's, you know, and the next thing you know, we're flipping the field and going the opposite way and, and things like that. He was very, very good uh, yesterday. You can see why Marcus Cooper isn't out there. He's been healthy the last two weeks. I don't know if he's played much, if at all, the last two weeks. It's been Fuller and Amukamura have been our corners the last two weeks against the Vikings and the Ravens. So, but uh, bear up to, to Kyle Fuller. He played outstanding, especially in coverage uh, yesterday. Um, bear up to Adrian Amos. And believe it or not, he was going to make this list even before the pick six happened, you know, because this was another guy that was everywhere making tackles, you know, uh, you know, just making plays and being everywhere he needed to be. This is a guy that is uh, trying to keep his job. You know, Quentin Demps being signed as a free agent. 
uh, put Adrian Amos on the bench as after two years as a starter. And, uh, you know, Demps uh, breaking his arm against the, I think it was the Steelers that that happened in. But, um, you know, Demps breaking his his arm and he's on IR, possibly short-term IR. We still don't know what the level, what the, uh, what the status is with that. But, you know, Demps getting hurt puts Amos back out on the field and he's playing like a man who wants to keep his job uh, this time around. So, I mean, uh, he was doing outstanding. And then the 90-yard, what was supposed to be the dagger in the football game, the 90-yard interception return that put us up two scores with six minutes to play. And the way with the defense was playing, there's no way the off that the Ravens were going to score twice on that Bears defense yesterday. It just didn't. It wasn't going to happen. You know, they had two lousy field goals to their credit at that point. You know, there, there's no way they were going to score twice on the Bears defense yesterday. It wasn't going to happen. That's why it was so frustrating. That touchdown was supposed to put the game away. You know, that's it. Nail in the coffin. This thing is over. Start warming up the bus. We're out. We're out of here. This one's over. Instead. Anyway, staying positive. Bear up. Bryce Callahan. Right place, right time, and a you know, a great play on the on the interception. Uh, you know, diving for the ball, making sure he got his hands underneath it, and then getting up and flipping the field. Because it would have been somewhere, I think, in the 20, 25 yard line in our own territory. Instead, he goes fifty something yards in the opposite direction, and we're deep in Raven territory uh by the end of the play. Just an outstanding dr- uh play. Uh, by Callahan two interceptions from the Bears and a fumble recovery Uh, Danny Trevathan played well coming back honorable mention to him uh, for forcing that that other fumble that the Bears got uh, on uh, Sunday so before we get to our last um, uh, bear up uh, let's get the bear downs out of the way you know bear down to special teams when your defense basically pitches a shutout you can't go to pieces like that you absolutely cannot um, you know, like I talked about with the, the punt return for the touchdown, we got beat on that one. That's going to happen every now and again. It was a hell of a time for it to happen. That's, you know, <laughs> you picked a hell of a time to get beat on that one. But I'm more concerned with the kickoff return and, and the, the lack of discipline of anybody, you know, making sure that the guy was down or putting a hand on him uh, or what have you. Moments like that is the reason the Bears have been the Bears for the last few years. That's why we're a bad football team and there's no respect for the Bears because stuff like that keeps happening to us. And it's self-inflicted, you know. It's self-inflicted. You just go up there, you touch the guy, he's down, the play's over. Ravens first and 10 at their own, you know, 18-yard line or whatever it was. Instead, the guy doesn't hear a whistle. Nobody, everyone pretends like there there was a whistle. He gets up, runs for a touchdown, and the next thing you know, it's a one-score game when nothing could be further from the truth. You know, as far as like the effort on the field, the Bears dominated this game, dominated. Uh, Bear down, Doa Loggins, for your sake, I hope that uh, Adam Johns' claim that your play calling has more to do with Fox than it has to do with you uh, is true uh, because it is falling on you and it does look really, really bad. You know, it does look bad. And uh, so I hope that you're, you know, that you're the puppet and... Fox is holding the strings when it comes to the fact that we just keep calling the same, that we've got the same offense over and over and over and over again. Um, you know, I would like to think that if it were up to you, if, if that's true, that we would be a bit more dynamic or at least try to be like we were last season. So, um, but because it does fall on you and because we don't really have any proof that it is Fox that's pulling your strings, bear down to you. You suck. And then finally, bear up, Jordan Howard. 36 carries, 167 yards. Uh, no touchdowns, but he averaged nearly five yards a carry in the game, including the, the big 53-yard run in the, uh, in the second, or in the second, in the overtime that got the Bears with, you know, got the Bear close to field goal range, and then the pass to Kendall Wright got us in the field goal range for the win. But, um, you know, statistically, when the Bears, I think, run Howard more than 20 times, our winning percentages, you know, through the roof. You know, I think we're, I think maybe we've only lost like one game in two years with Jordan Howard uh, when he has, when he's run a ball over 20 times or so, but 36 carries, that's uh that's a Herculean effort it's for a guy that's, uh, you know, had his shoulder been bugging him for the last few weeks to carry the ball 36 times against that defense 
that's quite an achievement. So bear up to Jordan Howard. And that is where we will end it. You know, on the positive note with our one offensive bright spot in Jordan Howard. And uh, hopefully we can add Mitch Trubisky to this list at some point. But uh, that would be on Doe Loggins to allow him to do things to earn it. So, you know, 8 for 16 and barely cracking 100 yards. You know, even with that great throw at the end of the game to Kendall Wright, it's like, dude, if he can do that, let's see what we can do here. Let's mix it up. Play action is not a four-letter word. Let's let's try it. You know, I mean, you see the way that these defenses are defending the Bears. That short yardage defense where basically they're pretending like every play is third and one. That is, you know, every play is third and one to our to the people that we're playing against. And yet we're out there playing offense like it is third and one and that we're just trying to get this yard to get a first down and we're getting killed out there. You know, that offensive line that we have, you know, it's it's, it's the NFL. They're going to get beat sometimes. And when that's what they have to do, when you've got five guys trying to block eight, we're going to lose more times than we're going to win. So we got to figure something out with the offense and, and try to figure out and mix it up or something, something, please, something because I'm tired of talking about it. I really am. So anyway, that is going to do it for the week six review episode of the Chicago Bears. If you come back on Thursday when our friend Brian Beversluis from Cat Scratch Reader on SB Nation will join us to preview the Bears and the Panthers for this Sunday, uh, quite frankly, um, with what they can do on offense on top of how good they are on defense I am not liking our chances on Sunday. So we're going to have to talk to Brian to see if uh, what's happened a couple of times. We talk to our opponent and and maybe listen to him and see how we feel about ourselves after uh, Brian gives us our assessment of the Panthers. Coming off a tough loss on Thursday night to the Eagles uh, last week. I think it was a home loss, too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, uh, you know, but they're a four and two football team coming into Chicago on Sunday and uh, we'll see what we can do uh, against the the, uh, the Panthers because they look more like the 2015 Panthers than they do the team that stumbled and fell coming out of the blocks last year. So we'll have Brian on the show on Thursday to preview week number seven. And until then, my name is Larry D and this has been the Chicago Bears Review. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. 
Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.